Hello, everyone. My name is Garrett Kroger, and this is the Young Journalist Podcast. I'm a 24-year-old sports reporter at the Lorraine Morning Times who loves journalism and decided to start a podcast about it. This is the first episode of Hopefully Many. My first guest is a former coworker of mine, Chris Jackson, who now covers sports in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You can follow him on Twitter at CJacksonSports. Now let's get started. All right, folks, I'm here with my good friend, former colleague of mine, uh, Chris Jackson, who actually, Chris, just introduce yourself. Just go with Yeah, I'm Chris Jackson here. I've worked with Garrett and Laredo for a while, but now I'm here up in the DFW covering sports up here. So obviously kind of a wild time to cover sports, but here we are right now. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that because it is a wild time with COVID-19 and whatnot. But I mean, uh, just talk about like, like, what's your job? I mean, like, who do you work for and so forth? Okay, so I'm with Star Local Media. So we're more of a digital kind of publication out here in the DFW. We cover more of North Dallas, like Coppell and Allen, Plano, those towns. A lot of one-horse towns, too, besides probably Plano and I'm thinking, like, McKinney and maybe Mesquite. Besides that, it's mainly one-horse towns. Like, one of my schools is Coppell. That's a one-horse 6A town. Since Brian Murphy just got a job in sales, he left. So I covered one of his beats, which is Little Elm, which is where RJ Hampton actually went. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he got that. And I've also got the Colony, a one-school 5A town. Had a heck of a year in, in sports, honestly. Then Lake Dallas is another 5A, one-school town. I mean, how is that, like, work, working for, like – because, I mean, uh, you are in, like, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I mean, there's obviously big publications there, like the Dallas Morning News – forward star telegram i mean how's it like kind of going against those type of guys it's weird i don't think any of us really look at each other as competition it's kind of weird like it's just we're, we're always kind of just chilling around the game there's not really a sense of like i gotta one up you here i gotta one up here of course i've only been here two months and one month's been quarantined so i only got one month of it but it was i think a lot of us too it's different like D, probably the dmn and obviously star telegram and fort worth it's just they probably cover a larger area. So they don't cover as many schools as we do. So they're probably not, of course, they're probably going to give like a Duncanville and Allen more coverage, obviously well-deserved for those schools with Duncan will go into state titles and probably every sport. Allen's just feeds quarterbacks and 6,600 kids school has probably like 50 D1 kids in one sport. But yeah, it's, it's not really anything. Nobody really covers Coppell hard to hard. Like I do or Lake Dallas or the colony or little Elm. Unless maybe RJ Hampton was that little well. I'm sure they got a lot of coverage. And yeah. Of course, I wasn't here, but it's kind of like when I was in Laredo with you, there's besides us and KGNS who was covering those schools. That's true. Probably. So it's not really like there's any competition. Even when I was at state for girls basketball, I ran into Joseph Floyd, obviously, great sports writer for the Dallas Morning News, and it was just more chilling out, kind of having fun, doing our thing. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, because uh, as you mentioned, you've been there for two two months and in these two months i've missed you but uh yeah i well, missed you too Greg. yeah thank you i mean i would hope so but uh obviously this past month has been weird for everybody in journalism really but i mean like with news they have the focus of the COVID 19 uh but with sports being canceled especially here with texas they canceled all high school sports and with pro sports on kind of like a suspension like, they might be canceled. They probably should be canceled here soon, but who knows. Uh, but, I mean, how are you kind of navigating, like, the COVID-19 and, like, still putting out sports stories? Because, I mean, there's not – because with sports, 
our primary thing is game coverage, and since there's no yeah. games, what are we supposed to write about and like hopefully work on features and such like that? Well, luckily, I think I've got a lot of good coaches here, just like I did in Laredo, that could probably talk to me for an hour or two if they wanted to, like Coach Sanchez or Coach Ramos at United could probably talk for four hours if they really wanted to about anything, and they really wouldn't care if it took four hours. Same with any other coach down there. Same up here, honestly. It's more just obviously how our team's dealing with it now that for, I think it was probably suspended for, what, almost a month, I want to say? Yeah, something like that. About, yeah, then obviously Governor Abbott announced Friday schools are going to close. You knew the UIL right then was going to cancel within an hour or two, which is exactly what happened. I think two hours later, Friday afternoon, it's over. But it's more just how are schools dealing with it now? How are these teams dealing with it? Especially these soccer teams. They were going to the heart of their postseasons. Like, Coppell Boys Soccer, one of my teams, won six in a row. They went from out of the playoff picture to clinching their 23rd straight playoff appearance. And they had stayed on their mind. They just, nobody wanted to play them. Coppell Girls Soccer was 20th in the country, one of the top teams in the state. They had ambitions like Dallas, both their soccer teams won their district. The Colony had a great year of soccer. Little Lom had a great year too. So it was like, what do you tell your kids now? Because you had the, a lot of these teams had ambitions of, we want to win region, we want to win state. Especially those seniors, now it's like, what do you say? Because you work so hard for that one chance as a senior to lead your team. And you dream of a state title. I don't think there's any kid in Texas growing up that doesn't dream of a state title or anywhere, honestly. Now that's taken away from them. So it's, what do you tell them? How do they handle that? So now a lot of the what I'm doing right now is talking to coaches about their seniors. Talk to seniors. Email blasts, text blasts with seniors. They're writing small reflections right now about their careers that we can put online. I'm talking to them, write features about as many as I can. And then whenever we've got all that done, honestly, it's just going to be talking about teams reflecting about their seasons, these soccer seasons. I did a reflection for Lake Dallas soccer, but soon enough we got to probably talk about football. Yeah. Players they have coming back. Of course, we don't know if football is going to be affected. We honestly have no clue what's going to happen, but – it's just there's there's enough right now, I would say, for at least another month or two, it seems fine. There's so many seniors you could write about. We've got the number one softball player in the country at the Colony. She was going to break a couple national records. Oh, now that's, that's all gone. It's kind of crazy, but there, there's a lot of stories. Seniors want to talk. High school kids want to talk, and they want to get recognized, and they deserve the recognition. So the coaches are going to help out. I'm sure down in Laredo it's the same thing. There's great coaches down there that want to help you. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, right now, because I'm working on a story about Alexander Baseball. And as you know, Chris. They were uh, top five in the state. Yeah, top five in the state. So I'm doing a kind of like what if, like, because that's pretty much what they're wondering because what the talent that they have. And, like, I mean, all the kids who I talked to for that were, like, very appreciative. And they're asking me when's coming out. So, I mean, obviously the kids still want to talk and, like, still want to be recognized. But it's like what happens after that. And, I mean, Obviously, down here, football is still, like, going on. Like, we still have, like, I guess the hope that there's going to be a football season, but you never know with this. So, I mean, right now, for me, by myself being down here, uh, yeah, I'm just doing what you're doing, kind of like the reflections on, like, what could have been type of stories, I mean, commitments, and obviously, like, I guess, like, hitting the preseason football stories earlier than usual but i mean like, it is what like, it yeah, is. we're starting our q a series though i guess we always did a q a series every summer now we're going to be starting out earlier because obviously things have changed but we don't know if football is going to happen but for now we're under the assumption it is until we're told otherwise so we still got to kind of 
cover that, talk to coaches about players coming back, but who really knows? Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, now pivoting to a different uh, subject, a more hopefully lighter subject, I guess. Uh, but, Chris, uh, real question is, I mean, how did you get your start in journalism? I mean, like, where did you begin? Like, what made you decide, hey, like, I want to go into this business? Okay, so it was probably freshman year of high school. For a little bit of time, I wanted to go to Stanford. Then, obviously, I got my first B. I realized Stanford's out of the question. I think it was dinner one night. I told my dad, computer science sounds cool. He's like, son, that that ain't for you. I'm thinking that's probably right. I don't want to do business either. That's just because it wasn't my thing. Got to talking. All of a sudden, obviously, we all know how much I love sports. You love sports. We don't do this unless we're consumed by it. Yeah. I don't really know what I would do without sports. That's why I'm kind of like, what do I do right now? But it was like sports writing. Okay, this is, this could be something. This could be fun. Okay, so I just started writing things for fun. My dad was like, okay, this is good. Okay, so all of a sudden, I think it was sophomore year of high school, I want to say, I started covering sports in the Bay Area. Just kind of my own thing. Started off as a small blog. Honestly, I had no idea. I was just doing it for fun because I like to write and cover sports. All of a sudden, it was like Joe Mixon quotes a tweet and is like check this boy out and obviously joe mixon's now in the nfl with the Bengals. once oklahoma all that obviously i don't i'm not going to comment on what he did at oklahoma obviously i don't yeah. condone what happened but if it wasn't for what him saying i probably wouldn't have gotten the confidence and more people just started kind of following along i'm like i enjoy this it's fun you know it doesn't really feel like you're working every day talking to high schoolers Talking to coaches, going to games, like life could be a lot worse than going to a football stadium on a Friday night, as I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah, that's true. Or a basketball game in Laredo on a Tuesday or Friday. Oh, God, love. A lot worse than watching United Alexander, United Nixon, Nixon Martin, all those games. So I was like, okay, this is good. Then obviously once I started applying to schools, I was – it was journalism. It was either I was going to double major in sports management and journalism okay. when I first got to West Virginia because they had a good sports management program, and that was one of the few schools that had it. And obviously, my family ties there plus that made it. It was just like I had I had to go. Obviously, I got so busy with journalism, with the student paper, interning places, the radio station. I'm like, this is what I want to do. It came so fun, and I know you did stuff at Iowa State too. You got to cover the Big Twelve. You saw how fun that stuff was yeah. i mean seeing texas or oklahoma roll into town is like a whole other experience obviously i finished college december 2018 started working in production at nbc sports obviously that wasn't something I, they knew i wasn't going to be there forever but it was just a placeholder job yeah. something to make money get my feet wet then that summer on my birthday i arrived in laredo there on june 6th start working with you covering sports and obviously i think we both know that we both love covering sports down there, and it was just solidified, like, this is what I want to do. Nice. And, I mean, because, uh, I mean, every kid, like, because you covered West Virginia football for, like, how many years? Like, two? Two seasons? Sophomore, junior, senior year. So, three yeah. seasons. And, I yeah. mean, that's really good experience. And, like, you see kids in high school, not high school, uh, college, kind of, like, who have covered college football or college basketball for X number of years. So like in your case, yeah. three, right? So out of going into like, like going towards graduation, you're obviously applying to jobs. Like, did you think, hey, like high school's below me? Cause I mean, you see some kids in college think, hey, I've covered like, for my example, I went to Iowa State. I covered Iowa State football for three years. I don't that's think I should thing. cover high school. And that's but, such a big thing, right? You just get, almost spoiled in a way yeah which i would say which i mean was a great experience but you kind of get spoiled because you're like 
wow, I got to watch Kyler Murray. I got to watch Baker Mayfield today. Yeah. For free, I, mean, I was on the field next to them. But, I mean, yeah, I don't, I probably for a little bit, I thought I should. I wanted to do college. I probably thought I was above high school. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think a lot of kids have that same feeling, especially when everyone at your school is like, oh, you're great, this and that. Yeah. But then obviously that that's not the way it goes. And I loved high school sports anyway, so there was nothing wrong with covering high school sports. And Loretta was very good to me. Yeah, no, they, they definitely sports. are. And they definitely miss you. Like I get some coaches text me, go like, how's Chris? Like we miss him, man. And I'm like, thanks, coach. I mean, I, you know I'm still here, I, but. I, uh, I, I need to see these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, you, know, you know what we need is a Zoom call with some of these coaches. Probably. But uh, we, I mean, like how beneficial is it for like, kids our age just like honestly, start off with high school honestly it's weird i think laredo changed me to the point where i don't have to cover college or the pros to be happy the rest of my life covering high school is rewarding in a lot of ways which is why i don't understand when kids grow go out of college sometimes you get so spoiled like i said and like you said too like we both said you just get so spoiled you're like wow this is what i have to do or whatever but there's nothing wrong with covering high school sports in fact a lot of times it's probably more fun because there's none of this media restrictions with PR staff. There's not this specific amount of time you can talk to a Neil Brown, a Matt Campbell, see from Bob Huggins, our two schools. High school, the coaches will talk to you whenever you want for however long you want. And the kids want the coverage too, especially in Laredo. It's just like they're not going to get as much coverage probably in the statewide scene as an Allen or Duncanville, but those kids work just as hard in Laredo. They deserve the coverage. There's a lot of great athletes down there too. We saw in football season – Brian Benavidez ran for what, like 34 touchdowns? Something, yeah, something like that. It was ridiculous. Something ungodly. Over like, 2,000 like, yards. Yeah. Like quarterback for a couple of games in pre-district because their quarterback was out. Obviously, Wildfire has got like 40-plus touchdowns. Those kids deserve their coverage, and they're so appreciative of it too. So it was the more and more I got to do it, the more and more I was like, I really don't have to cover college or the pros to be happy. And I mean that. Obviously, high school is more rewarding in a sense. And there's – there's less drama. The kids appreciate that stuff. And in Laredo, you know how appreciative those kids are. It's like they look up to you in a way, and it's they love seeing their name in that paper. They're, they're, that picture is on the front of that sports section, or they're on your Twitter feed. Yeah. That's the highlight of their life. Like, I've seen our stories, both of ours, and some kids' backgrounds on Twitter. Yep. So, I mean, like, uh, like William Noble, who just committed, he, he's from the United South, like, as you know. I mean, his background is literally uh, the story that you wrote on him, uh, like, during the summer about him going to yeah, Chicago. Funny, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Great, so, great kid. He's going to do a lot of things in college. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very uh, happy for him uh, committing today. But uh, is there, like, any – because, I mean, granted, you are just, like, a year into this, like, professionally wise, like professional-wise. Uh, is there any, like, story that you're, like – like, if I were to, like, for some reason, leak journalism today, like – is there any like story that you'd be most proud of? That's a good question. David Sanchez winning two hundred or becoming tied for the winningest Hispanic coach in Texas history has to be up there, especially when he said he cried when he read it on the bus going up to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Which he deserved every bit of that story. Because you know Sanchez, he's he's a goat, honestly. Yeah, no, he's, he's a very nice dude. He's He's won, he's won 200 games for a reason. I don't care where you are. That's an incredible feat. That – Brian Benavidez was a good one because you saw what that kid went through or what the United South kids went through. 
how they overcame that. Even that when we, I think we released on Thanksgiving with those kids, because I had some of those players tell me their life stories, and you could tell it was tough for them to say it. And you could tell one player I'm going to leave his name off, just yeah. But obviously, he was just I could tell he's kind of holding back tears, but it was like. Wow. Okay, you saw how much it meant to those kids to even get their story out and to realize, like, just because we're from the United South doesn't make us anything else, and they won a championship. And those coaches and those players like chanted my name after that, which was kind of funny. Oh, nice. Fun. It's hard to say because all those stories down there are fun. Same with up here; those were great. Even basketball stories we had were a lot of fun. But probably those ones with South or United, probably ones I'd be most proud of, I would say, but I think it's more the coaches and the players made the story great, not me. Yeah, that's I just true. got to be able to tell it. Or up here at the Colony, we've got a couple of girls basketball players that were insanely good. They well, each had over 2,000 career points in their careers. One's going to SMU, one's the Wake Forest, talked yeah. about their careers. One of them actually, her dad grew up in West Virginia, from what she said, which is a small world. but. Wow. That or Lake Dallas girls basketball going far, and you could tell they, they appreciated the coverage a lot. So it's just there's a lot of them, but I'd say those ones just because of how much it meant to some of those kids. That's where I take more pride, and I don't really care. It's not about me; it's about them. Gotcha. I just it's just my name's attached to the story. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, uh, is because everybody has hopes and dreams, and I mean, I assume you have hopes and dreams in this business still. I mean, is there, like, what's your hope and dream? Like, like is there, like, any certain, like, place you want to, like, do? Like, any certain league? Like, like what's your angle in journalism? Like I said, honestly, it used to be in college, out of college, I was like, I have to work for the athletic. I have to cover the NBA. I got to cover the Warriors and the Lakers. I cover college sports. But like I said probably 10 minutes ago, I don't have to do that anymore. It doesn't really make a difference. If I honestly cover high school sports – I could do that the rest of my life and be happy. Gotcha, gotcha. And making a bigger impact on these kids than writing a story, another story about LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. wrong there. I as mean, cool as that would be to interview LeBron, what kind of impact is that really making on him? That's true. And I mean, uh, with that, uh, God, I'm blanking on the question. Why can I not remember the question we're, I was we're, asked? We're quarantined. It's okay. We're all using Yeah, I have a quarantine brain right now. I feel it's okay. Very I lost bad. my comb. So it's okay. I mean, this is how typically like my interviews go with coaches. Anyway, I kind of forget a question and then I ask hey, another okay. question. They love you anyway, so it doesn't matter. That is true. I, they surprisingly put up with me still, which I'm very happy about. But I mean, how they put up with both of us? Yeah, that is very true. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> It's, it's one thing to deal with one of us, but both of us, that's just... Yeah, no, bad. Let's count. But, I mean, I mean, granted, you are a year, uh, like, almost a year into this. I mean, is there any advice that you would offer, like, like let's say, like, West Virginia decides to ask you to, like, zoom in and, like, talk to, like, a journalism class, right? What would be, yeah. like, the number one advice you would offer those students? Don't be afraid to go to a small market. It's plain and simple. A lot of kids think they have to, especially growing up from a better journalism school or whatnot, for some kids, they think, I've got to start off in a big market. i got to start off in Pittsburgh or New York or L.A. How many people actually get that chance? How many people get that chance to cover Texas A&M out of college? Such a small fraction get that chance. So go somewhere smaller. Go to a Laredo. 
it's rewarding. You're going to have a lot of great experiences with those coaches and build relationships with those coaches and players you'll have the rest of your life. Yep. And it's going to teach you a lot more. Because when you're covering college in the pros or in a big market, there's so much stuff just handed to you. You're not even finding ways to research on your own. Compile stats on your own. You go to high school, you got to compile stats during the games on your own. you got to make your own notes yep. before games for stories. you got to set up everything on your own. It just teaches you how to be a better journalist, and I think I'm glad I started writing in Laredo and starting somewhere big because I think in Laredo I learned a lot more about myself and about journalism than I would have anywhere else. So don't be afraid to go small. Don't be afraid to start at a weekly, smaller city. Like our friend Joel Wetzel started off at a weekly in West Virginia, and he said it was a great experience to get that. Now he's in Pennsylvania loving what he does too. So you started off in Mississippi. Yeah. High school there, and now you're in Laredo. So it's, it, I would say, start wherever you can, wherever you're wanted to, is a big thing. And, make sure you're wanted there. And also, journalism, not many jobs. There's not many jobs in journalism either. So you got to go somewhere small and get that experience. That's true. And I mean, like with Laredo, and I mean, like some smaller markets, uh, will we'll also kind of give you the opportunity to like maybe go cover like a pro league game. Because I mean, here in Laredo, like we're two hours south of San Antonio, and we can get credential for Spurs games, which I ha- I've had, and it's and a great experience. You get credential for Texas games, too. Texas Austin's games. Like, three and a half hours away. Yeah, so, I mean, like, small markets still allow you to get credentialed, especially if you live closer to, like, a certain, like, I guess, pro league or, like, a big college. I mean, when I was in Natchez, I mean, they were, at, like, less than an hour away from Alcorn State, which is uh, home of Steve McNair, RIP. But hey, I mean, Pat White too. Pat, Pat White, White too. Well, Pat White that. is now at University of South Florida. But I did break that news when, when he got hired at Alcorn. That's probably like one of my like greatest experiences. But you need I to mean, put that in your, uh, put that in your Twitter bio. I mean, yeah, bro, broke Pat White to Alcorn. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, like small markets still give you the opportunity to like do cool things. Cause I mean, yeah. I'll, like Natchez was also like three hours away from LSU and you could still get credentialed. So, I mean, like if I were still there during football season, I could have got credential for an LSU game. So, I mean, smaller markets still give you that opportunity to like grow and also go cover big things too. So and you, get, and you get closer to the people in a way too. Yeah. You, you get definitely, way closer to coaches, way closer to the players. You get to know them on a really personal basis. Yeah, no, you definitely do. And I mean, is there anybody that you kind of look up to in journalism? Like, is there, like, any, like, writer that you're, like, hey, like, I go out to read them because I want to, like, try to be just as good as them? The Athletic has so many people. It's, it's almost sick. I don't know they have on staff. But probably Anthony Slater covers the Warriors for them. He used to cover the Thunder with Kevin Durant. Then when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, he went to the San Jose Mercury News for a year. Then the Athletic, that whole thing came about. He, Tim Kawakami, Marcus Thompson all left the Mercury News at around the same time for the athletics. I just started the dynasty there, but Anthony Slater is always a guy. He's done, he does great stuff with podcasts, videos, post-game interviews. Does a great job with features and observations after games. It's, it's such hard-hitting journalism, so investigative and great analysis, great features he gets out of it. Definitely him. Marcus Thompson's a guy, too. I, I grew up reading him, the Mercury News as a kid in the Bay Area and all that. I would always see his column there. With Kawakami and then the Monty Pool is now with NBC. Marcus Thompson's always the guy too. He's just a dude, you know. Yeah. He doesn't act like he's bigger than he is because he covers the NBA. He's just like a dude, but he knows his stuff. Yeah. And it creates better stories about 
the city of Oakland where he's from about the Warriors when they left there, about Steph Curry. He wrote Steph Curry. He wrote a Steph Curry book. He wrote a Kevin Durant book. So probably those guys, probably like a Marcus Thompson and Anthony Slater. Marcus Thompson kind of funny thing he teaches at the community college right around the corner from my house. Oh, dang. Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird how that happens. I had a couple of friends take his class actually there. Oh, that's cool. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about in journalism? Because those are all the questions I have for you. You know what, Garrett? What story are you most proud of? Well, talk Chris. I, th- I think if this is your first episode, you got to talk about your stuff a little bit. Uh, I would, like the intro. Like I was going to do like intro before this, like leading into like our conversation and like just Love mentioning about, like, fine. The, the good thing about podcasts is it's natural. I mean, it is natural, but like, I mean, I'm trying to think of like ones that I'm like most proud of. I mean, obviously your, your, your deaf player story was really good. Yeah. Like, uh, Carlos Ramos, uh, he's a deaf player. Out, uh, one of the South side schools, uh, Cigarilla. I mean, uh, him, cause like, it's about him being deaf and like him's like still playing football, like not letting his yeah, deafness. That's what I went to that photo shoot. I saw that, they're doing sign language. I'm kind of thinking, wow, I wonder what the story is here. Then you had the story, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that one's pretty rewarding. Uh, One that I did on the Bill Grugan, who's a uh, former, like, legendary basketball coach. He's, like, 84, and he still goes to games. Legendary coach. Yeah, yeah, legendary coach. Like, it's probably an understatement. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, I wrote one on Sue Killam, who's a big person in Laredo, like, her, like, death. Uh, I mean, that's like that's a right. big like news one that I've written outside of. Uh, yeah, you were running at, at the Border Olympics too. You were finishing up in the stands before the championship. Yeah, because I wanted to watch sports like during it. Like hey, every, every every United Nixon game was fire. It was. It was pretty like those like those trio games were pretty pretty freaking good. But I mean, like they're the best two basketball teams in the city, in my opinion. But and that was my last game there too. Was United Nixon one? Yeah, no, and they went down like by like a point. Right? Yeah, it was wild. They hit a couple of free throws, take the lead. Nixon comes down. I'm like, he's going to hit this floater. They're going to win. And Guzman just comes out of nowhere and just swats it. Yeah, no. Like, it's crazy. Like, very good basketball here in the rail. But, I mean, I guess those would be, like, the three or maybe my Kobe one that I kind of, like, did, like, kind of localized it. Like, just talked about, like, how he impacted, like, the basketball community. Yeah, no. Yeah. Kobe being passed, like, still hurts. Like still crazy. I have his great jersey hanging up on my bedroom right now. Oh damn! Like it's just crazy. Like twenty twenty has been terrible. Like side note there. Like you had the Kobe death. You I'm just so COVID. glad that there was not a tornado in New York City yesterday. Oh yeah, no, that would have been. Or else, or else I would have just hibernated. That would have been it. I would have just hibernated, drove my car to the middle of nowhere, and just laid in there for months. Yeah, no, but I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, is there any other topics? I mean, I don't think there's any other topics that I need to ask you. I mean, what questions did you ask me that you haven't talked about yourself? I mean, we're gonna have, like this is gonna be a whole entire podcast series. We're probably gonna cover that. I don't want to give it all out in episode one. Like, I need other people to ask me stuff. You, that, you know, what you gotta have sometimes. You gotta have me, you, and some coaches on too. Oh God, no, that's not gonna happen. Like, why not? That'd be great entertainment. I mean, it'd be great entertainment, but I can just imagine all the f bombs that would probably happen. No, we tell them to be cool. We tell them to be cool uh, under pressure on the air. Who knows? Who knows? But I coaches, I coaches cursed me off the record, and then as soon as they were recording, it was fine. I mean that's true, but I mean some of the coaches down here, I feel like you just let them off like the wire that they, they go on. But other than that, you but start to name some of those coaches, Garrett. I mean, now I'm not gonna name any of those coaches. <laughs> 
I love, I love, I love all the coaches down here, but I just know them like well, like well enough to know that like if we're just having like kind of like a podcast, kind of like talking back and forth, that I know that they would probably like drop a net bomb or two. Well, one of those coaches is a son who can shoot as good as Clay Thompson. Yeah, I mean that's so. true. That's very true. <laughs> but I appreciate you, Chris, coming on uh, on this first Thanks ever up. episode. I mean, the inaugural, right? Is that the correct word, inaugural? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is. Like, I mean, what does it matter what a word? I mean, like it's quarantine brain. I mean, like this is helping me like stay slightly stable, like slightly right. sane. But I appreciate yep. Chris coming on, and uh, hope to have you back maybe down the road. Yep, I'll be back. Have fun in Laredo down there, man. Stay safe. Yeah, you too.